Hello everybody, this is Dr. Keith and welcome to the Wake Up Call. In our studio today we have Mary Beth Morrissey. She is a longtime friend, patient, and practitioner of the practice. We want to welcome uh, Mary Beth to our studio today. Welcome, Mary Beth. Thank you. It's a joy to be here. Mary Beth is, um, she serves so many amazing purposes in this world. Uh, she's an incredible networker. She just has a way of connecting um, the dots, so to speak, within humanity. She sees where there's an A and a B and a one and a two, and she just has this amazing gift to just connect dots and get people in places with each other that help them have amazing healing experiences. And so many times the biggest healers in the world um, bring about that healing simply by facilitating connection and cooperation. And Mary Beth is one of those people. She has many gifts of healing, but I've known her for many years, and her greatest gift of healing is the way she brings facilitation, connection, and cooperation between people and tools so that they have a healing experience. And so many times that is an under-recognized aspect of healing because many times what you do, uh, you're not actually there for the healing that happens. You're that which brings it about, a catalyst. And so... Um, want to honor Mary Beth for her selfless service in that field of humanity and all that she does for that on a daily mm. basis. Thank you so much. It's beautiful. So Mary Beth, it's a, it's a beautiful time for you to kind of share um, your path and your purpose and the general way that life has called you in to the practice and living the way you live. Uh, so just kind of give us some broad strokes about uh, the general circumstances of your experience that brought you into an undeniable relationship with the order of life and have called you to commit and give your life to serving it. So just tell us tell us what we need to know to get to know you and how you came into this in terms of the work you do, uh, the current career path you're in, and how you're currently serving uh, the order of life and the realm that you're serving in, I, I think it's very powerful for us to know how the practice and the teachings of the practice are being actively used in the way you serve humanity. Mm, that's beautiful. Well, I, how I first got started was um, through a mutual friend. We had a mutual friend, Dr. Darren Weissman, and I started... Um, I lived kind of a big life at that time, and but yet I wasn't happy. I had a lot of the outside stuff that people would say, oh, I want that, and that's going to make me happy if I have that. And I had it, but I wasn't happy. Hmm. And um, I started learning about how the subconscious mind works through Darren, mm-hmm. um, was seeing a therapist that brought me, led me there, and then through um, eventually becoming a lifeline practitioner, um, I met many people that were not only seeing Darren, but then going to see Keith Jordan with you. And they would say, go see Keith, go see Keith. And um, so that was almost 15 years ago. Wow. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable that we've known each other that long. It's uh, amazing. It really is. And when I think about the journey, you know, everybody's journey of healing is different. Mm-hmm. And for mine, so I stepped into healing and it was amazing but I also had um, like many listeners you know things that I wasn't ready to let go of 
because mm. this is a healing journey that requires us to change. And so I was in a marriage. I was in a, lots of different relationships, work relationships that I, mm, if, if I had to change, then that means all my relationships were going to change. So I started to, and, um, and then I ended up coming to work with you as um and with good and raw so that was like an amazing journey um and i just want to preface my prior kind of life was in pharmaceutical sales and i did that for almost 20 years there was a long journey of that right so Mm -hmm. um i knew that my own health issues were bringing me to this healing work uh, through allergies and um immunocompromised situations and then depression and that's what brought me to Darren, then eventually to you, and then into Good and Raw. Um, and that was absolutely beautiful and such an honor to be a part of business development and you know, going into Whole Foods and mustard seed, and it was beautiful. So just, just so our listeners have a context for this, um, Good and Raw was a raw food company that I was called to create, um, and we, wow. What an amazing creation it was! Um, I, I don't I'm not bashful in saying that like we made the best raw food, period. And th- with all due respect, we had an amazing chef Nicole who was just out of this world, and we had just an amazing chemistry of people working together, and um, it had a beautiful life. We made raw granola and raw kale chips, and so what Mary Beth would do is she was in charge of business development, but she was really boots on the ground. And she would go out to the grocery stores and meet the grocery store personnel, and then she would sample. We would give away food. We would go to grocery stores and sample food, and we would give people the opportunity to try this food and educate them on raw food and what raw food was about. So it wasn't just about selling our product. It was about getting them to be aware and educated about an amazing food. And um, and through the help of Mary Beth and, and, uh, and her husband at the time as well, uh, dear friends of mine as well, um, and Chuck Molina, another person who was involved. We had so many really incredible characters involved in that in that play. Um, we took it from being made out of the wellness center to a regional product, um, and it had a wonderful life. It had about a five-year life, and then it was time for that to end and move on. But Mary Beth was a huge part of getting us out there and getting us into stores, and, um, and of course, everyone loved her. So that's when we talk about good and raw that's good and raw so now i'm going to segue back to mary beth so she can continue her story from there well thank you and that was i think part of the being the boots on the ground and being the connector because i was really realizing this is so much fun this wasn't just about sampling but it was about helping people heal through Mm -hmm. food and then through food it was um the book the practice (laughs) and um so um so that kind of ended like you said after Mm -hmm. about five years and then um in the current situation and relationships I was in it um I I guess I would say I probably took a sidestep from the practice um had some more lessons to learn um and I remember several several years later um we took a little stint our family and we moved to Florida for a year and I remember being on the beach and I was thinking once again, this is so beautiful what I, where I'm living and what I'm experiencing, but I wasn't happy. And I remember picking up the practice and I remember texting you. I was in my car on the beach <laughs> and, I, and, I was, and, and I just knew I'm, I'm back. I'm back in the practice. And it was that day I went to my then husband and was 
trying to show him some things in the practice um, of maybe what was going on with us. And there was a complete denial that day um, from his part. And um, I yeah, mean, beautifully so. Beautifully so. I, I really thank you for saying that because really, thank you. Um, but at that time, it wasn't, it mm-hmm. didn't feel that way. And that's how it is in the practice, exactly, right? Exactly, exactly. So there was a knowing at that time. Um, we then moved back to um, Ohio. And, you know, a series of my, my dad passed, and I was having some, and my mom had passed a few years prior. And what, why I'm bringing this up is because it led me into hospice. Um, I, with my mom, my some family members were in charge of her. She was the power of, they were the power of attorney, but they didn't believe in end-of-life care. Mm. And, in fact, it got really nasty with the siblings. Um, again, thank it's you. It's a very emotional time. You it know, It's, sure it's difficult is. for everybody to deal with that. It sure is. And um, it was very difficult at that time for me. But I remember at that time and after my mom passed, and that was really hard because we were very, very close. Um, but I remember saying, um, people need to know more about what hospice really is. This shouldn't have been denied because my mother suffered mm. in the end. And that was kind of my, right then, I think things started to shift for me. Mm. And then my father said, you know what, Mary Beth, I want you to be my power of attorney because I don't ever want to go through what mom went through. Wow. So I then um, became my dad's power of attorney. And the day that my dad passed, it's just the power of this, my mom had pancreatic cancer. And when she pa- when she, the day she passed, my dad said, I wish it were me that had pancreatic cancer. Wow. And four years later, my dad got the same diagnosis. Power of the word and belief, everybody. Wonderful lesson there. Really, really. So now... My dad said, you know what, I'm not going to go through what mom went through. I'm not going to do the chemo. I'm not going to do all that. But what I did do with my mom at that time was we did a lot of healing work, which my family members, when they would see me doing healing type work, they were, they literally, at one point, I was called a witch. Wow. And so, so, um, like, denying who I was at that time, at it was very difficult because yeah. I knew there was, I saw the change. They saw the change in my mom. And they were doing things that were helping her too in their way. Right. But I was literally with my mom. I was not allowed to see her at the end because wow. they said, you're going to you're gonna make mom die. When in fact, I was just comforting her and helping her see that it was okay for her to go. And when she was telling me that she was seeing her family that had passed. Wow. And I was saying, it's okay. You can go. And so my last words to my mom were, it's okay to go. I love you, but I'm not coming back. And then I wasn't there from when she passed. Now, again, fast forwarding to my dad, he says, no, I'm not going through that. I'm not getting chemo. And when his time came, he decided he wanted hospice. And at that time, I was, I was fortunate because I was able to be with my dad a lot, um, uh, I was still married at that time, and um, I spent a lot of time with my dad being his caregiver. When hospice came in, I, I was able to be his daughter. Wow. And not the caregiver. Now, at this time, we were all, my dad was now at a nursing home, which my sister-in-law worked at. So he was getting a little extra attention, you know. And what I realized was those power of connections and relationships was so beautiful because, you know, I knew the nurses on the floor. I, you know, had 
you know, they were coming in talking to my dad. When hospice would come in, we'd all sit together. We told stories. Actually, I still, you know, my dad told me one day, you have to write a book about this, Mary Beth. And so I would record our conversations. Um, you know, he told me things about his relationship with my mother. And I, I just want to let you know, like, I never had a relationship with my dad. Wow. Because I only saw my mom's side. What an opportunity. It was incredible healing. And so I got to hear my dad, and, and I, it, was inc- it was just beautiful. Who would think that such incredible healing and enlightenment, you know, could be found in a situation like this? And this is why it's so important as, as our listeners hear, hear this story and they feel inspired by it. You know, these are the things that happen when you engage in the teachings of the practice. You know, the, one of the biggest things the practice makes us deal with is the experience of death within a lifetime. Not just a mortal lifetime, but the de- feeling of death within our life that happens all the time. And when you can let go of some of the emotions and feelings that are mm-hmm. polarizing you against the experience, mm-hmm. you can then be open to have these amazing experience that Mary Beth is having with her father. So it's, it's so important that as you feel this truth and inspiration from her, if you feel called, that's when you can go to the, the practiceheals.org and you can begin to start your own practice and release these emotions. Maybe you're hearing this at a time where you're going through the loss of someone you love, uh, maybe, through, maybe through the death of a divorce or the death of an actual person that you love from your life, and you're looking for guidance and resources. And so not only are these resources available through the practice.org, but you can go ahead and look for Mary Beth as well, and she is available as someone who can help you go through these things because she has found a way to go through them that not only helps you not get sick, but in fact brought higher level of enlightenment. So go forward and tell us what was happening with you and your father as you began to have these relationships together. It was truly, I mean, it kind of brings me to tears because... Um, Let it. Yeah, it... It, um, I, for the first time, I had a relationship with my dad. That's beautiful. And, um, you know, he apologized for things. And um, just it was just really incredible. And, um, of course, <coughs> the sibling issue was still prevalent. I, I hadn't spoken to my siblings for almost four years at that time. And um, there were some beautiful friends that were healers, too, like the synchronicities of, you know, one someone came in and helped me how to do the apology. Another person came in and told me about um, that this was going to happen and you were going to be the person to um, bridge between relationships. And I thought, this no, there's no way. I mean, I literally at that point with my dad, I was told, you need to call your siblings. Your dad needs to apologize to them. That's why he's not able to transition. And he was ready. He wanted to go. So, you know, I put, I was doing everything that I was called to do. He had asked me, my dad was a musician and a teacher, so I was bringing in beautiful music. Mm. Um, Johnny Mathis, for some reason, he kept saying, is, is so soothing, he'd say, it's helping me go. And the day I told him, Dad, you really want to go? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, we need to make a phone call to to your children. And he said, I have nothing to apologize about. And I said to him, Dad, do you want to come back and do this again? And he said, where's the phone? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I gave him verbiage. 
and I walked him along about what to say and how to say it. And then I said, and just be quiet. And it was really miraculous. It, the miracles and the shift occurred right in front of my eyes. So that occurred, and my, my one sibling was not allowed to come in because he was threatening the staff because they wouldn't let him in Yeah, he just with couldn't violence. handle it. He yeah. just couldn't handle it. And so I had called the staff at that time and said, with supervision, can my brother come in? And they allowed that. So um, I just want to share this really special moment was um, I had had a dream that, um, that I died during this time, and I felt this heaven on earth feeling that the practice helps you to get to understand and it was very specific and graphic and the next morning I went in and told my dad about it and he would say can you please tell me again and I said dad it's beautiful it is so beautiful you are it it, it is you are going to be so free the hospice team saw what I was doing and how I was connecting with everyone in the building and, um, and with my dad, and they said, we want you to talk to the president of our company. We think it's time for you to work with us. Wow, wow. We're gonna take a quick break, and then we're literally gonna come back, and Mary Beth is gonna tell us how the beauty of life is that the death of one life begins to bring the birth of another, and it's literally gonna demonstrate how the death of her father literally was her own death that as we die with someone we literally have the opportunity to die to ourselves, and she's going to show us how that death brings us into a rebirth and you're going to love to hear the story so stay tuned because you're not going to want to miss all the miracles that happen as a result of all of this we'll be right back Hello, this is Dr. Keith from Heart Healthy Homes, and we just want to thank you so much for being a part of our Heart Healthy Homes family because it's just that. When you're a part of the Heart Healthy Homes experience, you are family to us, and your family is family to us. So just know that when you refer someone to our site, to our products, we're going to treat them the same way we treat you, and we're going to treat you like family, and we're going to treat your family like family always want you to know that, that we hold ourselves to that expectation that at Heart Healthy Homes, your family is our family. Please enjoy the rest of the wake-up call with Mary Beth Morrissey. This is Dr. Jordan, and we're back for the second part of this amazing story with Mary Beth Morrissey. And uh, she is just beginning to show us how the death of her own life within the death of her father yielded the rebirth of literally both their lives how she began to see both of them emerging on the other side so Mary Beth please continue to tell us the miracle of the transformation yeah so <clears throat> I knew at that time there was something very special because it was a very sacred time and now talking to the president of this next company wow, could I actually use those, what I just experienced that was so hard but yet so beautiful and transform it into a new career? And um, a series of, I had met with them and then I met with another company and it was just, everything was synchronistic. You know, it was a neighbor then called and said, hey, there's this um, other company I want you to meet with also. 
he was a pharmaceutical manager. I think you two will really connect. And I did it. Literally, that interview, he hired me on the spot. Wow. And um, that began my journey and uh, into hospice as a hospice liaison. Now, what is that? When you say a hospice liaison, can Mm -hmm. you can you help myself and the audience understand? First of all, could you could you help us? understand more like what hospice really does and how your role within that fits an essential role? Yeah. Um, Well, you know, when people hear hospice, they think they get scared right away, a lot of people, because in the past, that's, it was always associated with the last days, moments of life. Exactly. And in in some cases, it is. But in many cases, this is about um, comfort care. It's about um, lessening the suffering and bringing on the patient and the family, which is really what I've come to understand, um, giving them um, the choices to really live at the end of life without having to have a lot of intervention. So if they choose to, you know, have chemo or or, um, different type of medical interventions like that, then we hold off until they're ready for hospice. But hospice is really a time when you know that you're not going to be um, taking heroic measures anymore, but yet you want that family member to have choices to be comfortable Mm -hmm. for however long they have. And really the definition of hospice is when you have a life-limiting diagnosis of six months or less, should that diagnosis take its normal course? And we don't know what normal is. Right. So I always let them know, families, patients, that we're not going to give up on you. In fact, we're going to be there. We're going to be there until your last breath and provide the support. So it, it brings in, um, you know, like a, I have a whole team that I work with. It's a nurse and an aide, a social worker, spiritual care person, somebody that even can Beautiful. do music. It really is, it was really what, what I was doing with my dad. Yes. And so now I am the voice and the, and the heart of hospice. Um, within a territory and so I'm educating people about what hospice is I'm calling on doctors I'm going into hospitals I'm going into nursing homes and assisted livings and under the current scenario things are changing a bit and my focus is a little bit more on families versus the patient so I want to bring in this is really where the practice and now then I had come back into the practice right around this time really mm-hmm. strong mm-hmm. very strong and um, so many I mean I could just think off the top of my head chapter three with emotions being able to um, not use emotions to make decisions so here I am with these families and it's all emotion that's right and I would say the number one emotion is fear and I truly will say, you know, God, show me how I may serve. And that I'm brought to these families. And I feel like my purpose is really to come in and release the fear and bring in love and peace. And to see that when parts of their family are transitioning, really parts of them are transitioning just like it was for me. Well said. But I, I try to help them see that this is part of the process. And that really parts of us are dying all the time. And that's what the practice has taught me, you know, through change again and again and again. And and the beauty is, is by the time we're done talking, it, it's like a sacred space. 
and they are so grateful um, because there's a lot of things going on. You know, there could be that maybe the, the family member didn't put their power of attorney papers together and they're now having to make decisions. Should we keep them on life support? What should we do? Um, and so I'm kind of walking them through those stages and, um, and of course I'll call in clinical. I'm not the clinical person, but I'll call that in. But really what I'm doing is healing work with them. And that's powerful. And, and you know, the, the nature of mortality, because, you know, mortal consciousness is based in time, is there's a natural tendency to procrastinate. Because we believe by procrastinating that we're actually stopping time from moving forward. And that's a complete illusion of mortal consciousness. It's not a judgment. It's actually a, uh, a normal function within the field of mortal consciousness. The truth of life is that it's immortal and that it is ever moving forward at a constant rate. But what happens because of the mortal consciousness within relationships and family structures is when you get into a moment where, where mortality must be faced and released, you realize the bottleneck of emotions that are all being stuck, that everybody has put off apologies, resolutions, issues. And so in a moment of death, as with Mary Beth's family, so much comes up. It seems to come up around the moment of the death, but really what it is is it's the result of a procrastination of work that has not been done, things that have not been released. And so as much as it seems like something that you don't want to go through, as with Mary Beth's family, it provides an incredible opportunity to resolve at the end of a lifetime what no longer needs to go forward in a lifetime. Now in the practice, as you know, Mary Beth, I, I teach everyone to practice that living and dying process every moment. So at some point they don't live with a past. They only live in the presence and the order of God's divinity and love. And then they let that moment die and they go to the next moment and they have nothing to clean up. But for most people that live in a space of normal consciousness, mortal consciousness, they delay that process. And so why the practice, and Mary Beth is so brilliant in bringing it into this realm, is because it's an opportunity. Nobody wants to fill that dumpster. Nobody wants to do that. But it's an opportunity to do it. And if you are given the right tools to do it, you can use that bottleneck as a chance to not only clear that clog, mm -hmm. but also learn that you don't want to have that clog at your time of passing. Exactly. And <clears throat> it's interesting because I'm having a lot of like the discharge planners out of the hospital saying to me, please call on Dr. So-and-so because he's trying to hold on to these patients <laughs> when they're when it's time for them to go. Can right. you please have that talk with them? Right. Yeah. So Doctors, God love them. You yeah, know? and it's beautiful. <laughs> you know, I've been there. I was there <laughs> once. and um, But now it's, I really feel like I'm being called to awaken many about what is what really is death what really is life and um, really to live you know don't die with your music still in you like that was something my dad said to me at the end mm. and I told him I said I'm going to dedicate a chapter in whatever book I eventually write to that and that's what this is it's like I feel like I'm living that um, helping people to see the life in the death of letting things go, letting their loved one go. And I'm not going to say it's easy, you know, and there's there are people that resist. I mean, 
no doubt about that. The practice isn't easy. Right. I mean, the practice of living eternal life, it isn't easy. I mean, that's what I, I laugh about all the time. If if the practice wasn't the most challenging, amazing way to live in the truth of life, mm-hmm. you know, there is, in my opinion, and it's just my humble opinion, you know, it, it would be a bestseller already because it would be mm-hmm. telling everybody everything they want to hear. That's right. But it tells people the truth. And you're right. It makes you do makes you go through difficult times and right. face the difficult resistance within yourself to that moment. Yeah. Well, the beauty is, is is that the people that see it, you know, out of the hospitals or the people that are referring to me, are starting to see like nobody talks to people like you are, Mary Beth. Wow. And um and I'm I'm honored. I'm humbled by that. Yes. Um and I want to just bring in a kind of a uh, a really beautiful like metaphor and mirror to how my life because as I am in this field now for the last few years many things change in my personal life Mm -hmm. that had to die off okay like what uh divorce wow so a death A, a death and and I and I thank I thank him for that because it allowed me to be who I am amazing and I don't take that lightly because there was a lot of tears for a while um quicker I think through the process because honestly Keith you helped me so much through that process to see the truth of you know where I wasn't waking up where I wasn't letting things go you know where I thought in my mind that I could make a change when in fact there was a a power and a force much greater in in that order of life that was showing me something so different so the harder it was was my own resistance and as I released the resistance and really, really stepped into the practice, again, not always easy, but I did it. And there were lots of things I had to say to different people, my, my own children, my, my, you know, my ex-husband, that I really had to create some boundaries and love myself through it all. Love myself. I can't, can't say that enough. Um, but really practice the practice and... Um, now in in hospice you know like every time i was going through something in my personal life hospice would actually show me it was like a mirror in my life because it was the past that i needed to keep cleaning up so i I, even to the listeners i want to say you know don't judge yourself you know as you're going through this process because i did i thought i had to be perfect and i didn't know why and why wouldn't somebody love me and why i took it personally we can't take it personally this was a higher power um, coming through trying to lead me to a beautiful new life. Wow, that's a very powerful statement. Can't say it any better than Mary Beth did. I just want to emphasize that the practice is not about your mind. The practice is about surrendering into the divine order of life and having literally a force that creates us, which is beyond our comprehension, give you undeniable experience that validates the path that you are meant to take. It isn't about manifesting anything. It isn't about what you want or what you think. It's actually you're most in the practice when you go through the release of all of that and you surrender into what I call choiceless surrender, which is just this space of, you know, the order of life be done. I am of that order. How can I be, assist, love, and be grateful for that order and all that it is bringing and taking from my life? And, um, and you're right, Maribeth. It, it literally shows you what in your mind is telling you that it's smarter than what creates life itself, doesn't it? And that oh. is so humbling. Oh, 
is truly on my knees thy will be done which is which you've written so beautifully in the book it really is this this takes you know this is way beyond religion this is this is about the truth of how our creator is working through us through life yes and yes i do call that god mm-hmm. and the way god now works through me is as i've surrendered that and worked through my past and now living in the present moment and allowing the future to come into the now. We're going to take another quick break and we're going to hear the final segment because this is where we really start to hear uh, the miracles that Mary Beth is going to talk about even more. Like now she's going to start to tell you like she's kind of done all the death. She's cleared it out. She's coming to her new life and then we're going to have her Come back in just a minute and tell us, like, what are all the fun, great, amazing things that are happening as a result? So don't miss, not that it all isn't good, but don't miss, like, the topping on the Sunday because it's really good stuff. So we'll be right back in just a second. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Keith, and thank you for being a part of the Wake Up Call. We are just setting the beautiful intention that you are finding this as enjoyable and as transformative and as amazing as we are. And we just ask that if you are having that experience, you know, reach out to some people you know and say, download the app, become listeners, and uh, we would love to hear what you would love us to talk about, ideas you would love to hear us tell you how you can apply the practice to. Uh, we want this to be a beautiful, interactive dialogue, and we're going to keep bringing you amazing souls going through amazing transformations making the order and the presence of God undeniable in this reality that is truly, truly coming from heaven to earth. So please enjoy the rest of this interview, and uh, we look forward to having you a part of this on an ongoing basis. So we're back for the final segment with Mary Beth, and we are ready to hear all about the fireworks, all about the amazing stuff that really is starting to gain momentum in your life. So You've taken us through how you got there. You've taken us through the rebirth into the hospice liaison and the momentum that starts to happen. And now kind of give us some undeniables that are happening in your life as a result of arriving in this place of like pure purpose and surrender. Yeah, I want to first say like I'm living in the smallest space I've ever lived to have the biggest life I've ever had. <laughs> That's awesome. Well said. <laughs> And I, and I, it would, it wouldn't, I, what I really need to do right now too, is just to say thank you. Thank you, Keith. And thank you to the wellness center for all the healing because it really supported me during some really tough times. So honestly, this new life and the miracles are so incredible and it's so new. And I want to first say that there's so much that I don't know. And that's what's so beautiful because I used to think that I had to know everything. Right. <laughs> and um, would really, I'm going to use the word control, um, you know, wanting to know outcomes before they happen. The first miracle I'm going to say is surrendering into the I don't know has been so beautiful because you know what? For every listener out there, you have no idea what's in store for you if you just really let go. And that's what's happening to me. So as I let go, um, you know, the weight that I've been, I was judging myself about, the, you know, the last 15 pounds that I wanted to lose is just falling off. Wow. I'm not even trying. It's just happening. New relationships. Um, 
I'm being recognized at work, literally financial, um, money coming in, more clients coming in, um, being a part of the book club, uh, starting with Sarah. Um, and it's so beautiful to now give back and because that's really what, what it's about. You know, first we, we heal and we learn and then we share it. And so now to be able to share, you know, when somebody says after you given a session or they walked away at a book club and said, I never saw it that way. And that has completely changed my life. There's no greater gift than that. Mm -hmm. Or when I'm talking to a hospice family and they say to me, I never Mm -hmm. looked at it this way. Thank you. And you see the peace, you know, or that doctor or the nurse practitioner calls you and said, I don't know what you said to them. We had such a hard time with them, but wow, whatever you did, thank you. And so those are the gifts, you know, that are coming back. Better relationships with my children, just letting them be who they are and accepting and not trying to change or hold on to things. And um, Letting bonds break and new bonds form, right? Yes, yes, which I love what you're talking about now. In the wake-up call, it's so right on. I'm really digesting life and living life and truly seeing like funny things like you know I'm I'm just this morning you know I'm out for a run and um, the song that comes on is called wake up wake up call you know by Maroon 5 and here I was coming here today or um, the next song was soul sisters and I'm texting Sarah like look at this and and Anne and so it was just um, life is really beautiful now the mirror that I'm seeing where it used to be what I had to learn and grow from like how do I learn how do I grow when we have those past things coming up now it's wow how can I serve right on and it's important that um, God that's just so mm. you know I I said in one of my talks and um, it just it's of course Mary Beth has given me the first perfect moment to bring it up um, when you are truly a servant to the order of life okay you're never taken advantage of. You don't have to deal with fear and insecurity. You don't have to wonder where things are going to come from, okay? When you're really a true servant, you're never a slave. When you're holding on to what am I going to get out of it? I want this out of it. I'm doing this because I want this. Okay, it, it, that doesn't make you a good or a bad person, don't get me wrong, but I'm, I'm making you aware of this as a mechanism of interaction with reality. Okay, when you truly live this practice, when you truly serve without any expectation of anything but to be the gift, God informed today, what comes back to you is more than you could have ever imagined, believed was even possible. So I, I love that she brought that into her experience because the true joy is just being a servant. And in that servant, you are that gift. You are that God-informed today in that moment. You are being what you are. You are doing what you are guided to do. You are doing it lovingly, peacefully, truthfully, with boundaries, borders, order, taking into account that it is important to take care of the gift in order for the gift to be able to give. And so... Um, I want you to tell me, um, give us one story that comes to mind regarding your role in a family's life where you truly were that gift 
and some of the transformation and change that you saw? Like, which one comes to mind to you, Mary Beth? I know there's so many, but like, and, and what, what, which one comes to mind? Which one do you see where, when I ask you that, you see faces, you see people, you see a circumstance where you were truly used to serve and bring about change? I know it's every day, but in the hospice realm, what comes to you? There was just one yesterday that, you know, just really brought me to my knees. Um, Tell us. We want to get to our knees, too. Okay. It was a a mother that was um, in the hospital, and um, everyone in that hospital, from the doctors to the nurses, were trying to show the family that, you know, you can't hold on anymore. This, like, she's ready to go. And she had had a major stroke. I mean, multiple things. Wounds. Um, she was in the hospital, actually, for uh, debridement. The, the wound was huge. And oh, that's such a painful process. Very much. And, I mean, myelitis and many, again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, um, but I didn't see this patient, but uh, at that point, the hospital could not do anything because the family was just holding on, holding on. So they went to the nursing home, and it was actually the nursing home social worker that called me, and she called me. It was like 5.30, two nights ago it was, and she said, Mary Beth, you're the only one I could think of that I think can get through to this son. And he, she said, but I just got to tell you, I don't think he's going to agree to hospice but if you can just have a talk with him and just open him up and, you know, he's angry with everybody. He's angry with the world. He's blaming everybody. And uh, beautifully, he's who your brother was <laughs> yeah. in that moment that you practiced. Yeah. Wow, this is great. Continue, please. So I, I remember when she called me, I, I thought to myself, I, I, in my heart, I knew there was going to be a shift. I didn't know how. I didn't know, but I just felt it in my heart. So um, when we were done talking, I, call, I picked up the phone and called him. And he immediately, I told him who I was. He said, I've already talked to hospice, and I haven't agreed. I think my mom needs therapy, um, you know. And then he went on to talk to me, and this is what he said. Two months ago. My mother was walking every day. She'd go to church every Sunday with me. Mm. I haven't been able to see her for two months. Oh, oh that's right, because this is during the COVID time. Exactly. Wow. And, he's, and now he says to me, I just, I'm just giving him a space to speak. And he says, I haven't been able to see her. You know. And he starts telling me how he would care for her at the nursing home. He would go there every day, brush her hair. You know, just really love her. Wow. And he said, and I can't do that anymore. Mm. And then he started to cry. Oh, of course. And I just said, I cannot imagine what you are going through. I really can't. And then I proceeded to tell him what we do and, and with hospice and what my team would do. And I said, I have a wonderful nurse, a male nurse that I think would just be wonderful for your mom and be a, a wonderful support for you. And I and I told him I said I we I don't typically do this, but you can call me because I understand what you're I understand to some degree of what you're going through, and I want to do what we can to make your mom's end of life as best it can. And then this was the big question I asked him. I said, "Do you want your mom to suffer?" 
And he said, absolutely not. And I said, then this is the way to go. Wow. And at that point, he said, I'm absolutely going to sign for hospice. That's a miracle. It really was. Our audience who was listening, like, we need to begin looking for healing in all the ways that healing shows up. Healing, everyone has this notion that healing is someone that's getting sick, being healed, the blind see, all these old classic ways that we look at healing. Healing is the restoration of order and flow in the process of creation we call life. It is a shift from something that is stagnating and suffering into something that is surrendering and coming to peace. That's healing. That's healing. That's what we're seeing Mary Beth talk about being a beautiful gift in facilitating. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the healing. So we need to begin practicing looking for what healing looks like in all parts of our life because we may think we're looking for it, but because we're only looking for it in a specific way, we're missing the fact that it's happening all the time. And I'm telling you guys, healing is a natural part of all experiences in life. You just have to learn how to practice living in a way that reveals it. And that was an amazing moment of healing and transformation for that person, for that son. Um, beautiful, Mary Beth. So then they ended up going with the service. They, they, they did. And, and then the, the next yesterday is when he called me and just thanked me, thanking me for helping him see it differently. Again, I would have never seen it that way. Right. Yeah, I remember talking about that way early on as one of the biggest gifts of being a gift was to have people say that. Isn't it just beautiful it, it to, really, when they reflect back that shift of consciousness? I mean, to see the struggle and the, um, you know, the, that they don't want to let go, and yet they have no control over that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there was another beautiful, I won't go into the deep story of it, but there was another uh, sister. Um, she was letting her brother go, and he passed yesterday morning, and she called me actually this morning, and she said, I just want to thank you because I didn't, I didn't realize that it really wasn't up to me. And, you know, I want to, we're going to, we're going to wrap our show. Um, and thank you so much, Mary Beth, for being here. Um, and I, I want to end this show with one more miracle that we've had a recurrent theme go through this show. And I want Mary Beth to share the final miracle of it. Mary Beth, would you mind sharing with the listeners what finally happened between you and your brother just recently that, mm-hmm that finally happened with between you and him and the beautiful order that life brought about between you two. Would you do that? Yeah. Um, it's, oh, it's wow. A, yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. You guys are going to love this. Yeah. Um, my mom's sister um, uh, was had a massive stroke, and my family called me um, to talk to them about hospice. And um, I'll just say there was... Watching them was like watching my family mm-hmm. of what I went through with my mom. It was, you, it was your past life. It was my past life. And the, the amazing thing was my aunt was the one that was really supportive of me during this time. And mm. now she's the one, and she's going through it, right? And um, needless to say, let me just – like, so it was beautiful that I was able to talk to them about hospice. And they were so grateful. And they were basically saying to me, I don't want to go through what you guys went through. But yet, there was a huge component that they were going through. That's right. Okay. Uh, Without going into their details. Um, A day later, I got a call from this brother. And he said to me, uh, I told him a little bit about what was going on. 
And he said, wow. He said, that was us. And the really cool thing was he was he was the one cousin that was not allowing some of the, their family to go see them. So it was like a full circle mm. um, moment. And um, and my, my aunt did pass, and I, I just did go to the service. And there were some things that came up with my brother that I had to use some strong boundaries with. Um, you know, but it, but what I want to say is the freedom of being able to facilitate um, a situation where I was in the middle of it. Now I was a facilitator, um, and then also how I'm able to do that in hospice and mm-hmm. learn from, be able to teach others what I went through so that they can grow in their practice. Yeah, and you not, you not being with your brother with an expectation of anything. Over time, which we have to understand, many things change over time as much as we want them to change in a sense of immediacy, they don't. Uh, Your commitment to your practice, we are seeing a change in your relationship with your brother um, in a beautiful, natural way, that you are truly getting closer with him than you were at that point uh, in your mother's death. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, and it's happening in such a beautiful way that life is orchestrating. Mary Beth's not making it happen. Her brother isn't making it happen. Life is letting them both know when they can take that next step closer to each other. And I I have a pretty clear view of the future in many things. And I can, I can make a guarantee statement that by the time one of them passes from this earth, that there will be a complete resolution of all things in that relationship that are meant to be resolved. Life is making it very clear that that there is meant to be a healthy relationship, a good relationship, and we just have to be patient sometimes as those relationships happen, and we can't be personal. We have to be patient. Thank you so much, Mary Beth, for being on the wake-up call today and for sharing your heart and your story. Um, boy, oh boy, we just know it's going to touch a lot of lives, yeah. and uh, and we're just very blessed to have you as a part of the wake-up call as a part of the Heart Healthy Homes family, mm-hmm. as a part of the practice. Um, you are, are just such a joy, and you are definitely a gift in our lives. Thank you. I love you guys so much, and I'm so grateful. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the wake-up call. Uh, we wish you only the best experience in your life, and we look forward to having you a part of our life very soon. Take care.